0: Hello. Hello.
1: <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. All glory to God. That's all I can say, right? Start and end the day with a prayer, thinking. The Lord Almighty for all the blessings and putting us in a position where we can succeed and in fact fail and just learn from that. That's just how the world works, this pandemic included, right? At some point, you actually thank God for realizing things that perhaps you may not have thought of before, but that's just how life is. So faith is your conscience. It just tells you to do the right thing. It's at your core and it just won't go away. It's just there. It'll give you stomach aches, right?
0: Good afternoon, good morning to wherever you are listening from all over the Philippines and from all over the world, and welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. It's eleven eleven, a great Thursday evening. Hopefully, hindi pa bushing per from all the eleven eleven sales. So here on the RJ Ledesma Podcast, I speak with the country's pioneering business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about business. What are their success secrets and how can we hack those success secrets? How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And what opportunities do they see emerging here during the new normal? Now, is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please do let me know and drop me a message. I would love to learn from them. We are also live right now on Kumu, CBRC TV, Global Pinas TV, and of course, the Bounce Back Network tonight. This guest, I have been looking forward to interviewing him. If there is any uh business personality who I call is somebody who walks on water with everything that he's done, this is the person who I would like to say is the epitome of that one. This is the person who has made, you know, who has elevated our Sarap to the bones experience. I'll be having here tonight the president of Max's group, Ariel. He runs Max's group, which is the largest casual dining restaurant group here in the Philippines. Now. With this elevation from Chief Operating Officer to President, Fermin is now responsible for the overall commercial and operational performance of Max's group. And they include in the roster a lot of iconic brands, which include, uh, of course, Max's, Pancake House, Yellow Cab, Krispy Kreme, Jamba Juice, Densho's, Teriyaki Boy, and Sizzling Steak. And aside from that one, he's now empowered to identify new opportunities for expansion as well. Now, I want to learn a lot more from Ariel, so I'm not going to take, take too much time uh, listening to him. Uh, rather, speaking about his introduction, I'm getting very excited. That's why I am eating my own words. So, with that, please, let's welcome Ariel Fermin to the program. Yung aki idol, Ariel. Ariel Kumusta? excited sa introduce sa Ariel, ang haba ng introduction mo. Ko na lang ah. RJ, good
1: evening. Uh, good day to everyone. What an intro. I don't deserve oh. that. For a while, for a while, I thought you were introducing someone else. First time I was introduced that way.
0: Yeah, maraming salamat. That's the yun, yun introduction of the CEO, na ano, na walk on water type, di ba? Not like, hey, so sure water about water. that, my friend.
1: Not so sure. I'm just here to, I don't know, share stuff.
0: Now, really great stories over here, and even here right now. Ang dami mong fans ka. Agad dami na comment dito, and I'm sure they work with you a lot. Of course, my good friend Mark DeHoya is saying, "Go APF." Over here and wow, on fire! We also have Che Diaz saying, "Go APF, gas and go!" Atandami, Pinedala, keep on commenting as I bring Ariel over here and he shares a lot of his uh, a lot of uh, his learnings and his insights. I'm sure we will all gain uh, from listening to him here right now. But Ariel, one of the biggest things I want to ask no, the very start for those of us who are not going up the corporate ladder or don't understand too much about 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 how corporations, how positions in corporations work. What just makes it a bit different right now that you've moved from a group COO or chief operating officer to president? What was What is the significance of that transition for the company?
1: So I was like looking at the job description, it just meant more work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but, but seriously, I, I think that's important. Obviously, it's historic because it's a uh, family-owned business in, larges, in large part, right? So I think it really ushers in the... Um, our move to professionalize the company. So that's very important. Lalo na because we're a publicly listed company, so accountability should be clear, right, on who calls the shots, right? So I think that's how significant it is. And from a more practical point of view, the decisions are faster, which is very key, critical, particularly in these times. Fast is better than perfect, as we always say.
0: I like that fast is better than perfect, and it's also very nice. I mean, hats off to that Robert Trotta, you know, for really also taking that more strategic role in the company and seeing how you're brought in. Because you know, it's amazing if you see really the growth of the Max's business from being a family owned to to corporate owned and making that pivot. That that pivot, uh, I guess, wasn't that easy for the company. And I'm so glad you're there. And I want to discuss a bit more of your story later on. But, you know, I'm just amazed at all the, the number of people greeting you here right now. And I think there's is the most important message coming in from a woman named Pauline Lazaro Fermin saying, woohoo, daddy, from Rocio. Thank you so much, uh, Rocio, one of your biggest fans over here. And we also uh-huh. have at the same time, ano, June Malvar, a good friend of ours. I didn't realize yep. that we were both the Procter & Gamble alumni. So that's right. both for me and Ariel over here. So he says over here, Go, Ariel! Thanks so much from you, June Malvar. June Malvar, thank you so much uh, Mr. for Mr. listening to us here at the same time. Wow. So people are really coming out of the woodwork over here. Um are mga, so, mga,
1: inst- mga institutions in Procter and & Gamble.
0: That's and right. That's right. So funny, and I want to talk a bit more about our common or shared experience in Procter and & Gamble and also how it built on our experiences at the same time. But having said that, I, I'm just trying to absorb right now the enormity enormity of the tasks that you do so let me just be clear again i mentioned them in passing earlier on but again what are the all the businesses that you run uh, what are all the restaurants that are under your roof here right now
1: all right so it'll be some of the most loved well-respected brands uh in the country and perhaps in some parts of the world that would be maxis pancake house yellow cab Krispy Kreme. just mentioning it, Parang. Oh my god, Targan Sobra, right? So all right. And I love the have...
0: hoodie by the way. I love the Krispy Kreme. Hey, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, the I'm rapping, uh? I'm rapping. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, of course there's teriyaki boys boysing steak then Who would ever forget Jamba? Among others. So yeah, those are the the brands that we have in our stable.
0: Okay, now having, have, let's, let's, let's all out there. So, that's what seven or eight brands that you have. And I guess right. the biggest story here right now is that what we want to start off, so we start off with the bang is that okay, seven, eight brands, very popular, pandemic hit. What happened? And what did we do? Uh, what did we do after that one? I, I really want to know. Please tell me your pandemic story.
1: You have three days for this.
0: <laughs> but that's what people, people want to hear right now yeah so ito muna, ito muna. ano, ano kwento natin actually, you
1: know, I'll, yeah I'll tell you as I remember it's, it's quite cheesy huh? alright so you know lockdowns happened March 16 right mm-hmm. the first 2-3 weeks we were all busy preparing food for the frontliners alright we were preparing quality restaurant quality food for our frontliners uh, we call it pledge of plate I remember we served close to what 70 70 restaurants, 70 hospitals, like 100,000, you know, servings, because for us, that was the right thing to do. No questions asked. And for me, just reflecting on it right now, that's culture right there on what this company was all about, right? No questions asked, just culture right there. Boom, let's help the frontliners. And I think that just tells you what this company was all about. We take care of our community and our community will take care of us back. Right, we didn't really want to let this let them down, and for sure, they won't let us down either. So, I think that's how the ecosystem works. I think that's how the world works, right? That's
0: how the so, world should work. That's
1: why, yeah, that's, that's, how that's right. the whole world, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really an ecosystem. So, strength in numbers is real. That is, that is, sorry, that is I have, I have I,
0: it's work from home, so I've got my five year old. Yeah,
1: yeah, at some point, Rosie will come here and she'll say, Hello, hello, daddy, how are you? Yeah. So, Yes, that's pretty much what how we started first two, three weeks in the pandemic. You know, we're very much into a little bit structure and how we do things, but it's really fast. Our, our little mantra is reflect, respond, renew, if I may use. It's quite poetic, I know, but it really happened. Reflect, respond, renew. So March 16 happened. Of course, we had to reflect what's in front of us. It's quite new. No one had any blueprint for this one. And then when we got the hang of it and what it really meant, we responded. And the response would be, Helping our communities, helping our frontliners, helping our franchisees. We just want to make sure they were okay. Not only in terms of business, models, et cetera, et cetera, but if they were safe. So that was very important to us because these guys are our partners for decades already. So mahalaga that we show some love. And then the most exciting part, and I'm sure you can relate to this, RJ, (laughs) is the renew part. That's where we go... Bam! We won't be wasting this pandemic. This is an opportunity for us to transform, which we did. And of course, I'll tell you that story, at you know, the right thing. But yeah, that's pretty much how we responded.
0: Okay. So I, I appreciate, actually, this is the first time that I'm actually hearing it. And I'm and I'm so happy to see so many people greeting you over here, especially from the Maxis group saying, you know, they are aligned with that sort of culture which you had, where the first thing to do was to help the community. And then the next thing that happened over there is, of course, for many of us, what happened to us is that, of course, our uh, the restaurants closed down my market had to close down for it. what was the initial reaction because i'm also seeing that what was the you know what was that transition point for you guys because other people are saying okay we got to do e-commerce I'm sure you had to close down some or you had to rationalize some areas how did that work out for you guys and plus you were also handling franchisees. how did that i mean what was the initial reaction and how did you kind of step out from there and what were the fr- sometimes the first solution isn't the best but you got to move like you said bias for action right oh, yeah. so what did you oh, guys do sure. at, at initially oh
1: you know, Sometimes it's really just listen to your gut because obviously there's no blueprint and intuition is just your soul do- telling you to do the right thing. All right. And for us, it was really about balancing the safety of our people versus the commercial intent. That's always mm-hmm. a struggle. I think mm-hmm. in I mean, everyone's business, right? How do you let people do what they have to do and make sure that no one gets sick? So there was a lot of mindfulness in what we did. And the magic happens when you mix mindfulness with science. Sometimes you have the right intent, but the question is, how do you do that in a way that's efficient, effective, whatever, affordable, and so on and so forth. So what happened for us in the restaurant business is that, you know what, when we showed our people that we cared, and uh, we took care of a lot of uh, stuff that they needed in, in their personal lives, they took care of our company. I think that's the principle that I wanted to share. Obviously, doing good is good business. So we took I care of them. Him. Yeah, we took care of them and they took care of the company. So the heroes really are the ones in operations, not only in the stores, RJ, but also the ones in the commissary. Malagayon. Because obviously, if you didn't have any commissary, there was nothing to sell. All right. So how did we do it exactly? We had Team A, team B, as most of us did for sure. And they sacrificed not seeing their family for a couple of weeks. And then Halin Hinan, you kind of... Switch, mm-hmm. making sure that everyone was safe and you kind of rely on each other's, uh, you trust in each other that you will stick to the bubble, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That you won't go elsewhere because you you cared for your family, you cared for your job, you cared for your company. So why even go elsewhere? Right? Mm-hmm. So it's really in that mindset. So mahalagatal gain discipline for people. So I want to share that because... Yeah, in, in in looking back, nineteen months since then. I forget.
0: The months are just are just passing by quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long while. But that's that's
1: pretty much what happened. It was darn hard for sure. But I think our people understood and they cooperated big
0: time. Yeah, we yeah, have Mark DeHoya commenting over here is saying, "Do it with love, do it better, do the right things the first time." Ayan, Mark. yan may prem yo Mark para dyan sa comment mo. Many salamat Marka. you may plus points ka na dito. But I really have a question now if, if you don't mind that I go I dig a bit deeper over here now I love how you know it's really caring for your company, which came first and caring for the ecosystem of the company, which was key. Did the business models change as well for Max because I mean the initially what people were seeing was obviously you all had to just do uh, delivery at this point and you could not do in-house and of course you were a casual dining restaurant which is which to me, the percentage of sales really comes from dining in icing on the right. take the delivery. So what right. did you guys have to do? How did that figure in to you guys when, when that was when the, at, in the height of the crisis? You're asking
1: this like I'm talking to investors and analysts
0: right now. That's <laughs> and I hate them for
1: asking that always. <laughs> you know, I always tell them, you know what? Uh, if you went to Mars last February and you just came back now, you wouldn't recognize who we are at this point. And that's beautiful. That is the mark of transformation, all right. Because if you came back and I was the same, I'd probably say, holy, of course, I can't say anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys haven't changed. You, you guys haven't learned. So I'll tell you what we did. All right. So the first one was that we changed our business model, to your point. And it has a lot to do with uh, economics. And the economics of it all would be making sure that we had the right spreads in terms of fixed costs versus revenue, performance versus COVID. And you want to have a little bit of spread there. So there's a little bit of math there. And then you also wanted to make sure that your contribution margins were healthy because, you know, both of us, all of us, a lot of us are doing businesses. The transaction counts may not happen, but mm-hmm. you want, what you, what you want to do is you want to keep your margins slowly improving until such time it becomes steady. And you want your fixed costs uh, to be managed at a certain level. You do the math, and therefore the break even gets lower. When your break even gets lower, you won't float in water, right? You're not going to be dead fish in water. You're, you're going to be fine. Now, that's just the first step. That's just hygiene. So, after that, what you want to do is you want to obviously not just survive, but thrive and actually. Exactly. You know, just, just, just be the man in that new norm, right? So, all right. So, we've also transformed ourselves into, you know, obviously a lot of people know our group to be. As you said, Kangina, largest casual dining operator in the country. And that's still true. But you know what, RG, we've transformed. Um, not so sure if you guys are aware, but we are now merchants. We're now distributors. And we're now suppliers, manufacturers. Wow. So that's just, poof. I mean, if you went again to Mars, you know, in February, you came back, you'd, you'd, you'd not imagine that we would have done this. And as keep on telling the guys, you know, COVID really puts a spotlight. On on who we can become, more than who we are, and it really puts a spotlight on the magical things we can do together that we wouldn't have ever dreamt of. It just sharpens your compass to true north, and our true north happens to be what we're doing right now. So, so for instance, this, yeah, yeah, great, go
0: ahead. what are you becoming? Yeah. Well, so, what are you becoming
1: eventually? What are you seeing? Uh, Max is becoming. We're not necessarily going to be, you know, some guys who operate restaurants. We're going to be we're going to be a food company. We are a food company. So, for instance, we're now in hundreds of good doors of supermarkets, groceries, convenience shops, selling ready-to-cook, five minutes max. You have our our favorite Max's fried chicken, yellow pizza, densho sisig. I'm sure everyone's going to be rooting for that. Teriyaki boy chicken, so on and so forth. We wouldn't have imagined doing that prior to the pandemic, no. right? So that's us as merchants. And us as distributors, we sell the same products this time too. General trade. I mean, you know the language in FMCG, there's modern trade, general trade. We're both there now. So you don't have to go to my store to enjoy my food. The consumers have evolved, and so have we. I mean, that's the thing, right? The last thing is that we've got really this world class commissary. We're helping other brands. I think that's a beautiful part, really. As you are, RJ. Oh, oh, we're helping. Yeah, we're helping other brands in the brands that are not Max's group. Yeah. Yeah, and we're, you may not know this, but obviously I'm, I won't say the branch, right? We do the buns for other burger brands. We do the glaze for other chicken brands. We do the protein for other brands who have protein on rice. We do desserts for other brands. You wouldn't have thought that we would. I would have, honestly. For me, before the COVID, not that I'm softer right now, but... Before, prior to COVID, if you're not with me, then you're not with me. I'm going to like, But no, I think the ecosystem is very important. I think it's important to be mindful in this industry because we need each other. And the consumers will appreciate that. Not only... And the business community
0: appreciates that. What I find interesting right now that that what really occurred for me during this crisis is that it turned a lot of competitors into collaborators. For example, like the Resto PH group, the restaurant owners of the Philippines, the group with, with Eric Teng, these were all people who never talked before because you wouldn't know the rental price that you would get in a, in a mall or the lease rental rate here or who the supplier was over here. But during the crisis, we all have come together to help negotiate lease rates as a group. But it became bigger than that. It became bigger than that, right? Eh?
1: Correct, correct. I'm not so sure lang if you have someone from our lesser Sierra, so I will not talk about
0: it. <laughs> But actually, we became partners with the lessers because what was oh, yeah. nice we came to them and said, how can we help you? Because before, you could have gone there with a very aggressive stance or a very defensive. I'm here to say, oh, this is let's draw that line in the sand and this is what our point is, what your point is, lesser. But then yes. the perspective there became, no, I mean, we need their help too. They need their help too. So what can we do to help you so we can get through this also at the same time? And, and in your case, how were you able to collaborate with people originally who you didn't collaborate with in the past. How did that come about? I'm, I'm just curious.
1: No, we're fortunate that our lessers, no, particularly the malls and some independent lessers, have been with us for quite a while. right? So we've both benefited from each other and there was a very great good on what it means for us to both prosper, to your point. right? So of course, when you know how much, etc., cetera, et cetera, that's part of the, the conversation. But I think... What's more important is what can we do together to build our businesses from ground zero, all right? And that happened. And of course, you know, you and I have, and a lot, of, a whole lot of people have have experienced repurposing space, right? So perhaps I was in the third floor. And of course, no one goes to the third floor right now. They'd probably say, "All right, guys, you have this in front of the mall. Don't you want to participate here?" And we'll go. We're right there. We're there with you. Because we're gonna build our business. When we build our business, we build your business too. And that's a really the beauty of just understanding that the importance of ecosystem. Now more than ever, it's just right there on top of your list.
0: Exactly. how did you bring in? How did you bring in uh, other food brands to be part of the commissary? That's what I'm curious about. How did they? How did that discussion come up? I mean, like you said before, you would have thought of it, but now yeah. it works for you. How did that uh, come about? If you don't mind me asking.
1: I don't know. It's okay. You'll be surprised. Huh? Other, we, call, we call them mm-hmm. independents because they're not necessarily a chain. And they've survived, right? And and, and kudos to them. And what they want to do right now is to swell, is to gain access to the marketplace. But they don't have the, the resources, right? In the form of stores, in the form of storage, in the form of manufacturing, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Because they've built their businesses, kudos to them, on the basis that it's not going to be any more than five stores. Mm-hmm. But they want to have access to, you know, greater Metro Manila, so and so forth. All right. In that case, we have the access. We have the stores and the commissary. Boom. It's just like that. Now, it all started with us approaching them that, hey, look, we've got, we can do this for you. And frankly, they say, we never thought of it that way because obviously you were Max. You were MGI. I mean, you're right there. And of course, we're right here. We felt that, number one, it was good for the industry. It was ultimately good for the consumer. Right, and uh, we can leverage and scale. It's not as if we're doing something for free here. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some commercial terms, right? But I think again, doing good is good business. I guess that's just what it means at the end of the day. And uh, we're thriving. Both are thriving. When, when they're ha- they're selling a whole lot of burgers, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you're ha- you actually as other scale, you're also scaling at the same time. Even their, their their scale is your is good business for you.
1: Correct, correct. So because. Ultimately you gotta you gotta utilize your assets, right? And and if they sell a ton of this, then you're part of that, and then you produce a ton of that, and of course, you know, it is commercially beneficial for you. Yeah. That's just how it works right now. So that's a transformation still. Yeah.
0: And this is the other interesting thing that I wanted to go into. You were you have a portfolio of different food brands. But the way that I look at it, I mean, just from my perspective, is that not everybody makes it out of the pandemic or not everybody goes to the pandemic with the same level of success across the different brands like in my own from my own perspective some of the best brands that did well were things like actually teas. why? because they provided a sense of comfort and norm- normalcy amidst this crisis that they actually grew but there are other brands that didn't make it out of this pandemic or barely either, you know they really, they just barely survived because they weren't brands that were pandemic friendly how did you manage across I mean there, there are different brands I'm sure that they had varying levels of success during this pandemic how did you view things in that regard
1: you know that's an interesting question because one of the things that we talked about as a team the first days post march 16 was that we understand what's going to happen to maxis it's a good thing that even prior to the pandemic it had sub- it had some footprint already in delivery so it's going to be fine Yellow Cab, of course, by the nature of its category, and a lot of people love YC Yellow Cab, so I think it's going to be fine. Pancake House, admittedly, is going to be a challenge because you really wanted to eat, you eat your tacos kind of fresh in the store. So exactly, understand. exactly. But we kind of solved it that way because we had do-it-yourself tacos too, so kind of addressed that part. And of course, we kind of morphed into a burger too because the pan chicken, you know, put in a bun and that's, by the way, have you ordered our new pan chicken burger? It's. Just I'm glad
0: based. to accept some orders, Mark De Hoy. If you're listening here right now, I will give you my address. I'd love <laughs> to try it out.
1: Pare, it's so good. All right. Anyway, so so, we All right, that would be fine. You know what? The one brand that we had questions amongst ourselves. Teka, this brand have space in the time of gloom. Was this brand I'm rapping right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas. How do you? And this brand stands for joy, right? You know, we make happy happiness. We say. All right? How can you be happy? You, toot, doot in this time of gloom, right? And then you go, no, oh, this has no space. But we tried it. We just tried it in some stores, in some RTAs, retail trade areas, and it just zoomed up. And it, little did we know that the market, the consumers were looking for something that would be with them in this time of gloom. And now Krispy Kreme is, it happens to be one of our fastest running horses. Wow. wow. you right. So, <laughs> who would have thought, right? Who would have and thought, yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? And frankly, when I report to, because we're the franchisees of Krispy Kreme too, the Global Guys, when I report this story to the Global Guys, even then, till now, and so forth, they just, everyone's just amazed because, yeah, not only for the Philippines, but also for the rest of the world, because it's the same story. This brand brings a whole lot of joy in a time of darkness. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we have.
0: Yeah, and that's great because basically what you were selling was joy. Like for me, we would order Krispy Kreme because we felt like Ay, everything is Swaranga. Uh, at least when you have Krispy Kreme and Joy, you can forget about your problems for a bit. And yung parang, that's that for me that was the basic idea that you had yes, with these, correct.
1: these type of Like yeah. exercise lang after, but that's fine.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. What about the other brands? If you don't mind me asking, you got teriyaki boy, you also had uh, sizzling steak. I mean, there, I mean, there are some brands that, you know, might not react the same way. Like, obviously, sometimes Japanese food is best eaten in the restaurant or sizzling steak, especially sizzling plate. So how do you Correct. manage these other brands?
1: All right. We just came from a board meeting today. Same question by the board. <laughs> 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 so I'll give, you, I'll give you the board answer. <laughs> no, seriously. So these brands with, you know how it is when you manage a basketball team, there are starters? All right and there's the bench guys there's a sixth man all right there's the reliever and so on and so forth so you know teriyaki boy sizzling steak and then shows we've assigned them as cloud brands all right cloud, means, cloud
0: brands cloud
1: brands what that okay. means is that they're inside mother brands of maxis and what that means to the consumer is that you could enjoy your maxis fried chicken with gyoza yung yun yun trip mo Right? You could enjoy your, you know, kare from Maxis with Densho's c Those are the things that are happening right now. Actually, pa. I'll be honest, in a way. Because you don't have necessarily have to invest in any brick and mortar for teriyaki, link sizzling, Densho's. It's inside the cloud. And therefore, when you talk about economies of scale, asset utilization, bringing your ADS, average daily sales up, and increasing your flow through, the math really works. Yeah, so that's how it worked for us, for, for the brands that we have in MGI.
0: Fantastic. I, actually, there's a question over here from Eric Ronald. Uh, what are your thoughts on cloud kitchens? And of course, there's a whole lot to talk about when you talk about cloud kitchens over here. But then you were telling me right now that you know you actually went into the cloud kitchen space. And there are many ways to interpret cloud kitchens. For you, actually, it's been a benefit because you hold several brands. Were you doing these cloud kitchens even before Uh, The pandemic and the pandemic kind of accelerated it or you were doing Cloud Kitchen, but the business model changed as a result of the pandemic of what Cloud Kitchens meant to you guys.
1: Great, great. So we started doing this before the pandemic. We were selectively choosing our spots. And for sure, what COVID did was that it accelerated the the runway, right? So we've got a whole lot of these Cloud Kitchens roaming around Metro Manila at this point. So uh, back then, kasi, the, the idea was, I'm Terry Boy, I'm Sizzling Steve, I'm going to have my own brick and mortar, I'm going mm-hmm. to present the community who I am, and and it's not necessarily the case at this point. And the effective use of our cash would be to, you know, use our kitchens as cloud for the cloud brands.
0: Exactly. Oh, by the way, Ariel, I have a very important guest listening to you here right now from Esther Fermin. Sabi ni Esther Fermin, dito nana is watching. So thanks so much, <laughs> thanks so much uh, for watching uh, him right now. I'll make sure he keeps this language very decent here on the program. have a problem when you watch this again and again. I know, I know.
1: Now that I know that my nana is watching, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll
0: wash my mouth. Okay. Uh, now having said this, one usually you know we've a lot of entrepreneurs, both you know, aspiring entrepreneurs and current entrepreneurs in the food business. They, they so, sorry again about that one, but they don't have the they don't have the benefit of I guess the data that you have and the trends that you can spot from a larger perspective. What would you share right now for many of these MSMEs who are trying uh, to make their way out of this crisis or are, are there right now? What, what are your tips for them? What would be, what would be your advice for the smaller brands that are, that are trying to eat their way out?
1: It's a great question. Perhaps for me, top-of-mind response would be, and I hope this adds value, RJ, not to pontificate and, and all that, right? The first one would be part of an ecosystem. That's key for us. Even for us. We sought out an ecosystem and the ecosystem said, come in. Because we added value and they added value. Strength in numbers is real, as I always say. And that ecosystem gives you better management of cash, so to speak. So so that's one. You don't have to create everything by yourself because someone else has expertise in what you want. When you talk about technology and you're not a technology company, you're a food company, what do you do? You go to someone who has a technology Right? who knows that stuff more than you do, who's willing to invest in that more than you do because that's their thing. That's not your thing. What you want to do is do more OPEX than CAPEX in this case. Of course. So that's the first thing because obviously it was about cash, particularly in a downturn. It's about cash at the end of the day. So that's the first one. The second one is just to share with you. It's, again, it's one of those poetic things that we kind of invented in, in, in MGI on product. Right, the principle is finite materials for infinite creations. Finite materials for infinite creations. So, we're big fans of Lego, right? Not only in the way they give joy to kids, in the way they kind of create things uh, just armed with imagination, but also with the point that their ecosystem, their business model just works. Just with 100 pieces, you could create a thousand things from Lego. You kind of put that in parallel to your business right now, and you go okay, I'll only have 100 raw materials for you, chef. You got to give me a thousand creations from these 100 materials. So what happens there is that, see, the whole mindset is that restriction is the mother of design. It forces everyone to think it through harder because I can't give you 101 raw materials because, again, I'm trying to manage cash. What we want to do is leverage and scale. So we're going to give you finite materials Armed with your imagination, your God-given skill set, you give me a thousand stuff. So that's, that's, I think, if at all, I don't know, tip number two. So just make sure, Lang, that you ha- are armed with just your core raw materials and from there, create. Because you wouldn't want to be having so many raw materials and some of them would just go to waste.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: All right. So that's, I think, number two. And just to close it at number three, you have the ability to see space differently. And repurpose space. Just because I had a function room before, which was for baptismal
0: chicken, right?
1: <laughs> Wedding doesn't mean that I'm like doomed because there's no celebs anymore, right? These guys have thought it through. Right? And kudos to them for really just having that ability. So I guess you know, if that helps, those are the three things that you know I could just really great for advice. For.
0: And, and by the way, I've got a good friend also as well. And and of course, in PNG, this guy is rather walk-on-water person, of course, Ferdi Insigne insignia saying hello to us. Hello, uh, Ariel and RJ, and looking forward to learning. And he's got a really great great question. And I think that's Sabi niya, Now that the situation is slowly having a sense of normalcy, what do you see different right now in the brick and mortar stores? Like you said, repurposing the stores, but uh, in particular, how do you see restaurants nowadays? I mean, it's a strange game because p- some people want to hold on to, and because I'm in the restaurant group, there are people saying, okay, let's wait things out so it can go back to the normal and let's just do things again, but just add acrylic walls or you know, or or you know, stick to these um, you know, percentages that can enter. And some have just said, okay, let's take the new realization and then re- rethink of how this restaurant is going to work. So wh- where are you on that one?
1: No, we've, the key there is to repurpose space so that it um, just embraces the new order. And the new order points us to, and I talked about through North Carolina, the new order points us to having more delivery and pickups and takeouts. that, Those weren't going to go away. Right? So, But what you want to do, what we've done, was to legitimize that space for them. right? And there was a point in time, particularly last year, when you'd say, grab riders? aggregators? I mean, it's like a makeshift kind of space for them to kind of uh, wait, uh, uh, right? Now you want to legitimize that space and honor them. You do want to honor them because they're doing just hard work for you as well. So you do want to, you want to honor them by giving them their legit space. You want to honor your guests who also are going to go pick up, right? And quite understandably so. The space that was meant for dine in, I knew you're going to have to get a little bit more of that, a little bit more of that, because the reality is that, you know, the ratios aren't going to be the same. Now, if at all, point number two, right? If there was more dine in, it just comes back for whatever reason and whatever ratio. The thing that we've done was that we have this accordion type of store model.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it's that really right?
1: Yeah. If the, if the, if, right? if the quarantine levels go this way, then you're going to go this way. If it goes this way, then you go this way. So that kind of flexibility is important. I think the last thing to share is that for our new store models, and this is important, RJ, just in case you want to be one of our franchisees or one partner with us. All right, good. All right. You know what? Our new store models, our capex, the investment, has been cut by 30 to 50%. Wow. Yep, 30 to 50%. That's how crazy we've repurposed space. And what happens is that, and this is important with what you do as well because you're doing great stuff, are just helping others, right, RJ? All right. It attracts the younger set franchisee applicants who may not be as resource and money as all those guys who we've talked to before, mm-hmm, right? Got mm-hmm. billions in whatever account. Now, even if you had savings, of course, not that much, Ka na. And it's a legit design. It's not as if to, uh, nothing of that sort. The last thing that we wanted is for it to be interpreted as it's a poor guy's version of a max or a pancake house or a yellow cab or a crispy cream. We wanted to have dignity even if the footprint were smaller. All right. so when I say repurpose space and see space differently, and having trained sets of eyes in the organization to do that for you, I mean, that's the result, yeah. And it commercially makes sense.
0: If, if, you, if you don't mind me asking, because you know, this is the amazing thing. As I was talking to you, uh, in a couple of months ago, I was also talking to the head of uh, the president of Phoenix Petroleum, who's Bong Fadulion, and Bong. Similar two two things which make it similar to me that the Lego concept that you have, but this time around because in in, in Phoenix Petroleum they got Phoenix, they have got the LPG, they've got Family Mart, they've got smaller they got smaller brands, and they're actually franchising out. But it's small. You can do, you can get smaller Family Marts, and you can do Lego pieces. You can get a Phoenix. You can get put together. Put over there a Family Mart. Put over there a Conti's, I mean, and that's how they're that's how they're actually thinking about things. It's the same thing. It's a great Lego concept. So. Uh, right. And it, that, when I was listening to you, it was you know I found it pretty really amazing that it was very similar to uh, what he was thinking here at the same time. Now I want to move on a bit more, if you don't mind, uh, Ariel, and, and talk about sure, other course. things uh, about your background. And guys, just to to, to note, though, these are the interesting things about about Ariel. He has, a, I mean, to say he has a storied career is also is. Actually, very much underselling him because you know this gentleman moved from you know his first company, which is also my first company when I was working, he was from Procter and Gamble, but he didn't he wasn't in brand, he was in product development, and, and from there uh, he moved on to other companies. He was in PLDT, he was in Jollibee. he was in Nike, and he was with with the uh, PNG's best friend. He was actually with Unilever at one time in his life. I just, you know, the way I'm looking at it, Ariel, I mean, yeah. you you've been moving to from different brands, but what was sort of like the overarching theme for you when you were moving from one career to the next, were you trying to build a specific skill set? That's why you moved there, or how did you move across these different companies and to be where you are now? What what was the Kumbaga your story as to or what's the overarching theme? Let's go back to that one.
1: I wish I had one, yeah. No, but but seriously, well, I had an ambition. I really had an ambition and I knew that the skill sets that were required to get to that ambition. So it was ladder-like. So for instance, we talk about Procter, right? How the Proctor mind works. I was in r and D. Yes. I I was doing bars of soaps. At some point, I was sniffing armpits for safeguard deodorant.
0: What a great play. That is a correct. metrics. There are metrics when you smell, right? Yeah,
1: correct. Yeah, you kind of measure the impact at time equals zero to time equals 10 hours after playing hoops and see if the deodorant is still has the efficacy level that you want. Those kinds of things, right? So, and just so, uh, let
0: people know, Ariel is actually he's actually a chemical engineering uh, graduate. That was his initial, uh, that was your first degree. Right. And uh, just for people's knowledge, same as uh, the former uh, former general manager of Procter & Gamble in the Philippines, who was John Ipkua. They're both UP graduates, chemical engineering. But then you know what? hey guys, if you're engineering, it doesn't limit you from becoming the CEO of your own companies, just like these guys over here.
1: You know, that's the point. Uh, you hit it right there, right? So I was, yeah, I'm a chemical engineer and I felt that I could do more. So the next stop for me was marketing. And fortunately enough, Coke was there, offered me a marketing post, head of marketing for non-carbonated beverages. The funny thing is that, so I asked, had to ask him, I remember this, why are you getting me? I don't know anything about marketing. I'm a chemical engineer. And the Coke guys go, that's exactly the point. You know nothing about marketing or at least how marketing is perceived right now. I mean, that was in the mid-90s, right? And we want to look at this with a fresh pair of eyes.
0: Oh, ah, interesting. Yes, yeah,
1: correct. Fresh pair of eyes. And they said, you know what? Marketing isn't about advertising. Perhaps that's your concept. Ta-ta-ta-ta. It's also mm-hmm. about conceptualizing new products and with your innovation pedigree in Procter Gamble, which, of course, kudos to the PNG guys because in terms of product excellence, you know, PNG. That's pretty much you know the calling card of Procter, right? Then Cooper you go to Coke, of course. Right, diba Yung Coke naman, what you, what I've learned is that it's really about everything markets, everything communicates, everything that you do, it just resonates the brand. So that's pretty much what they have. Until so, I got sorry, I got product, I got marketing, and then I go, I'm still too theoretical. I'm here in the office. I was, in, I, I was in lab gowns in PNG, right? And then I was in the office in Coke as marketing kasi, all right? And then I went to sales for Unilever as head of sales, marketing and sales for foods, all right? So I was riding trucks. I was, you know, kung saan kailangan, I'm there. And that's where I understood how to really run a business. Kasi talaga yun, laban na yun, labanan You're right out there. So I guess the learning for me is that apply yourself, never stop learning, be a sponge. That's the only way to advance. That's my path. Now, some, are, some people are more comfortable going deep into their domain and that's fine too. And that's why when you go to Nike, you're kind of armed to the teeth. And of course, Nike is a different breed. Yeah. So you're kind of armed to the teeth and that's where you know, it just flew off because I really knew at what, age 33, how to run a my whole company.
0: At, at 33, you were, were you the GM of Nike? Is that right?
1: Right,
0: I was, I was. Wow. I mean, and that's quite, I mean, of course, at 33, then how old are you, you now? 34, 35? No, anyway, Nike, <laughs> let's go back to Nike. Or chicken burger for you. That's yeah. exactly that's why <laughs> I spring chicken But the idea is that you were very young, you were very young, very ambitious, and you got to such a point there so quickly. Two questions I have, I mean, people are looking up to you and saying, wow, how impressive, I wish I was as smart or as driven as him. But should age be parang? Because some people are going, I'll never get there. There are people like Ariel who can who, who who walk on water and who are that ambitious and that smart. We might be able to do what he's doing. But is that true? Is there something else that you could say, no, this is not rocket science, this is not a secret. There's something I can share with you about what I, you know, what I do, and you can do it as well.
1: You know what, guys, and Archie, an right? If you knew where I came from, you'd say you can do it. Right? Well, my you come from yeah where did you come from i mean come on humble family right not a lot right but i think you know you just have to have that fuel and within Uh, it was okay to not have a lot when you're young but it's not okay to live with that forever and so i applied myself i read tons of books frankly my books are like varied i already have a set of what other people refer to as are uh, realisms and ferminology so it's crazy that way yeah so but yeah just anyone can do it Lahat naman, just apply yourself and and of course you know the stars have to be aligned so on and so forth we get that but it starts with hard work and uh, just believing in yourself um, not to sound you know pontificating but that's just what we did that's what I did so
0: But that's just a feminism. That's just an artillism, diba? That's Oh, I I have tons of those. Oh my God. You know, if you heard those, you'd
1: be like, ooh.
0: But, you know, you were head of Nike at 33, you were country general manager. What did you learn from Nike? I I, hope you don't mind. Because this is a a different culture, obviously, from what you've been to in the past. So, what is the biggest takeaway from from your Nike experience?
1: The art of storytelling. That's the biggest in Nike. You know what? You're in a presentation with uh, Phil Knight. And the other, all the other guys, you have Charles Barkley in front of you and so on and so forth. Steve Nash. And they wouldn't, if you put their Excel files, forget it. Lala All I put is a picture. Right? A picture with a big word or a big number. Say, I don't know, 2X. And I'm going to be talking for hours about that one picture. Storytelling. The art of storytelling. That's key. Because there's nothing memorized. Everything's spontaneous. Because that's what you do every day. And that's their language. So that's one. And then the art of storytelling was, has morphed into, you can imagine this, right? Storytelling, because we have retail. Store-y telling. Storytelling. Uh, and that's why when we build shops, we were just telling stories. Of course, commercially, others view it, others view it as, oh my God, it's so big I wonder what the sales is, what the margin is. Of course, at the end of the day, it's about that. But it will get into that if you did a perfectly good job in terms of telling the story of Kobe, telling the story of LeBron, on a holiday, telling the story of Michael, and so on and so forth. That's pretty much what we learned, the art of storytelling, which, of course, we're now applying as we go retail in the stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, Because there's always a story to tell. What is Max's story? What is Pancake House's story? What is Yellow Cab's story? What is Krispy Kreme's story? So you see that in retail too. So much of that comes from, yeah, stuff that I learned personally from Nike.
0: I love that, you know, storytelling has always resonated. Many of the best marketing people always tell you that importance of storytelling. If you don't mind, how, what are the key... I guess the key tenets of storytelling, what do you, what can you take from storytelling and not, I wouldn't say weaponize it, but monetize it. How, what, how did you make that? What What? what are the key things that, that help tell a good story, whether it's, whether it's to executives or to, uh, to your consumer? I know uh, it's a lot to tell, but, but just key things that maybe that, that, that pop off your head.
1: You need to have a headline, obviously, that catches attention. You need to be so- solving someone else's problems or a pain point. You need to say it in a way that benefits them. And you need to make them salivate if you didn't do it, right? Uh, exactly. Like If you didn't enter my store, you won't be seeing the new pair of whatever, the J-11s that I have and so on and so forth, which of course was like ages ago, right? <laughs> so, but, but that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, it has to be from the point of view of emotion because that's the best way. When emotions rule and then everything else just kind of follows, uh, you got to appeal to emotion that way.
0: I'm going to go back a bit more to Nike, but from another point of view, no, because I was reading your background. Now, one of them is that you're actually a coach and a sportsman yourself. Some I mean, of you're a hoops guy, but you have not really had a chance to play hoops really, right now in the pandemic. But then um, I'm curious: how does how, you know many people are able to use their background? In, and we've seen that many athletes have actually become very successful uh, businessmen and entrepreneurs. Can you help me better understand? You know how you've been able to also use your own, uh, I guess sports background and and, and parlay that into doing business or using it business?
1: So this is close to my heart because you kind of tugged on into the hoops thing, right? So, you know, the values of the game are very much similar to how you live and how you kind of manage your business. They just mirror each other. And I think there are certain philosophies that permeate across uh, domains. So for instance, when I say... This could be in life or this could be in a game, all right? Respect the opponent. Respect the opponent. And you'll respect the opponent by preparing. You're not going to be shortchanging the opponent. Basically, the moment you do that, he's going to cream you. Respect the opponent but not fear the opponent. That's the first thing for me. All right? I guess the second thing would be die for loose balls. There is no off night in defense. Die for loose balls. You got to earn, you got to earn everything. Nothing is given. You got to die for it. If you really want it, you die for it. Works in life, works in business, works in hoops. Right? So those are some of the things. I guess the third thing that comes to my mind would be, oh, this is one of my favorites. Everyone is, is taught how to shoot, but not everyone is taught how to pass. When you go into drills, I mean, the first thing that, you're always animated with a three-pointer. I, I, I get it. I really do. In fact, I always try it and I fail, right? <laughs> but, but as much as shooting is important, passing is too. When you play it in life or in business, you got to work with a team. And you got to be happy when someone else shoots with, from a pass that you made. Someone always asks, who shot? Who made that win- game-winning shot? No one actually asks who made the assist. Because that's very important in life. To support each other so that you win as a team. So I think that's just, I guess, I don't know, a third one, a fourth one that I said. What else? Okay, one of my favorites as well. Be ready when your number is called. Right? I'm not a star player in my team. Never before. I'm just like one of those guys who like heckle. But when my number is called, number four, I gotta be ready. I'm not gonna say, I'm, I'm not gonna prepare right? But when your number is called, you better be ready. So that works in life too. When a certain moment comes in and you did not necessarily plan for it, you got to be ready. In work, same thing. Someone's sick, someone leaves. Be ready. The next, man up. That's just how it works. And you hear that language often when you kind of watch hoops and then you read books. It's the same language. Uh, it applies uh, in life as it does in business. So the values of the game are the same as in life. It just mirrors life. I guess that's just it. So just to share.
0: And, and I like this one. Mark always says, next man up over here. Uh, always be ready. or The sixth man is always ready. At the same time, I just want to say a shout out to a good friend of mine, my fellow yoga practitioner and now works for Coke, Cherry Flores Do I say hi as well. And But she's got a quick, let's, let me just ask about her question a bit. With the influx of delivery food choices for consumers, how does Max Resto stand up against the others? I think that's key because you know there came a point, Lang Ariel, that in the height of the pandemic, many of these home based online brands started sprouting up, right? And then of yes. course they died down as as depending on the fortunes of this pandemic. But yeah, how do you stand out? Because you know, there can be, you know, delivery fatigue to my mind. No? but what have you guys been doing to consistently make sure that delivery is a good income stream for the MGI group?
1: Right, so first up, I'm one of those guys who always order stuff from other restaurants. So I'm fine. (laughs) You just appreciate what they do. I, you know, it's just an open market. It's fine. No, seriously, for MGI and for any chain restaurant for that matter, systems they're very important because with systems you become consistency. Then, then systems you know, uh, yield to consistency. And consistency is very important to the consumers. If I ordered today and it was good, I'd probably order next week again. And I only find out that, you know what, it's different from last week. That's because the restaurant systems wasn't there. And that's important for a chain to have. And the expectation is that for a chain, uh, you got that, and that's why you swell. That's why you scale up. The only way you could scale up is if you have systems. Otherwise, you'd be stuck with five stores. Having a restaurant is one thing and having a chain is another. All right. So, and I think that's, uh, that's, I think that's a discriminator, if you will, of a chain restaurant or MGI for that matter, in this case. So that's one. The second one is that we have, uh, we're confident in our core products. They've become favorites. I mean, who would resist Max's Fried Chicken? Who would not miss Pan Chicken? Who would say no, no to Yellow Cab's New York's Finest, my personal favorite? Who would resist an OG from Krispy Kreme, yeah. right? So these are brands and products that are built across generations. They've earned a good degree of reputation, all right? So they've reached a certain level where there are lofty expectations on how food is delivered ultimately. And with systems, which is point number one, you can deliver that every time. Not that we do because we have laws, admittedly. But yeah, we. I think systems help.
0: Fantastic! Yeah. I got this comment from somebody here, uh, Bobby, the builder, Roberto De Leon. Uh, mm-hmm. Sir Ariel is a great leader. I'm proud to have worked with him at Jollibee Foods Corp under Greenwich and Chow King Brands. Thank you again, Sir Ariel. So, a lot of fans more coming out here, Ariel tonight. Huh? and this is another thing I just found out very recently. Like I, I was talking to you, I, you know, when I posted about our, our talk here tonight, my the PNG alumni group where I'm part of, Nina Malvar and June Malvar, they're listening here right now. Now, apparently, you're also very active. Uh, in the church community, in our, in our in your Catholic church community. And for me, it's a very important part. My, my faith plays a very important part for me. And I'm not ashamed oh, to yeah. say it that you know it, for me, I it came part and parcel of what I do. I choose to do businesses like Mercato because there's a it's a passion and advocacy and I get to help people. Can you share with me also for you uh, if you don't mind, I, I you know I've asked people like David Almirol of MultiSys and these other people, how does it, you know, how does it play an how what role does it play for you in doing business and, and as a businessman? Faith, you mean? Faith? Yeah, your faith. Uh-huh. And being part of a faith community as well.
1: I am, at least to my standards, I'm prayerful. So which, of course, is, you know, several notches perhaps below other than the rest of the guys. But yeah, I do my part. All glory to God. That's all I can say, right? Start and end of the day with a prayer, thanking the Lord Almighty for all the blessings and putting us in a position where we can succeed and, in fact, fail and just learn from that. And that's just how the world works, this pandemic included, right? At some point, you actually thank God for realizing things. That perhaps you may not have thought of before but that's just how life is so faith is your conscience it just tells you to do the right thing it's at your core and when perhaps you're ignoring it it just won't go away it's just there it'll give you stomach aches when you think that you're so smart already and you've learned everything in life that everything that has to be learned someone's going to tell you hey you know what there's still some things that you have to do now the way it has shaped me is very important and you know some of the guys are here, perhaps who know me when I was younger, right? When I can, I serve the church. All right, and yeah, those were like, yeah, just just memorable moments for me. Yeah, just serving church. Not that I was good at it, but I I think that's my part. Yeah, I read some readings and all those things. okay ang how they conjugate things. But yeah, but we do our part. Of course, in the, the day, it should manifest on how you treat people. At the end of the day, it should manifest on how, you know, work with your uh, guys in the team and make sure that everyone g- gets his respect. And of course, not to go that far in family too, right? So, it's really important. So, love your parents because you won't be, you know, where you are today without your parents. Honor goes to the parents, right? You know, because the circumstances you have in life, you know, for whatever, however this day started, you know, your parents really uh, shaped you into who you are right now. And of course, your support system being your family, respective families at this point. So they keep you grounded. They keep you grounded because amen. what I do when I wake up at 5.30, it's always like automatic, right? I make up my bed. My sofa, it's technically not a bed. It's a sofa. I sleep in a sofa. (laughs) And then it just tells me that, hey, it's normal. I mean, there are no titles at home, (laughs) right? You make up your bed and you kind of go, you know, it's normal. So it kind of humbles you. So it's fine.
0: I have over here Isaiah Fermin saying, pray hard and uh, work hard. I like that. I like that. Thanks so much. And of course, Nana is very happy to hear that. No, are, are you moving forward a bit more as we start to wrap up this discussion? No, Is that, you know, like you said, there's always in this, in this pandemic, there's always a silver lining. We're seeing opportunities emerging both in the new normal and, of course, what we call the next normal what do you, what do you see as opportunities that are still emerging that even smaller players or smaller entrepreneurs can get into or even bigger players what do you what are you seeing from your perspective as, as opportunities that are becoming that 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 you know that that are going to be coming up in this post pandemic world when when this pandemic becomes endemic
1: all right the first thing i guess i'd say would be partner with you rj
0: that's okay nah. that's game now. Nah. we're good with that
1: <laughs> even for the other guys Because you do what you do and you do it with love and you do it with a lot of care and a lot of conscience for our peers in the industry. Just to you, Uh, I know what you do and a lot of people know what you do. And I'm sure it's not just for commercial reasons or for fame or whatnot, because it's the right thing to do. So I think that the opportunity comes in partnering with the right guy, making sure that when you partner with someone, you have the same set of values because you know the hardest times will test if those if the partnership makes sense right if you're like grounded on the same principles it'll stand the test of time if it's not then it won't so i guess that's the first thing right so but seriously partner have a as i said earlier be part of an ecosystem because no one can do it by himself and you want really want to save your cash so that's i think opportunity number 1 right opportunity number 1 i think opportunity number 2 is that Vanessa? Look, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, please continue. Please it? continue. Please continue. Oh, okay. No, I said, Put opportunity number, number. Two. Yeah, for me, opportunity number two, and I don't want to pontificate, but just kind of relating from our own experiences in MGI, yeah, is to look for one step adjacencies that are from your core, of course. And I'm inspired by this book, like Chris Zook, where he has, he has profit from the core. And the farther you are from the core, the chances of you winning get slimmer. All right? So one-step adjacencies from your core. All right, so what are one-step adjacencies from restaurants if all of us are building restaurants? And, of course, restaurants are still, you know, they're quite in an iffy stage, and, of course, we're kind of recovering, so on and so forth. What do you want to do? What can you do? So as I've shared earlier, we're now merchants. We're now distributors. We're now manufacturers. Those are kinds of examples that you want. and And don't go far from that, and that's fine. And that's fine. And that's fine. Build an ecosystem around that. That's it.
0: And then, really great. I mean, it, it's hard. Because I like how you're perceiving the whole situation over here. And Mark Hoya dito behind every great man. I, I guess maybe that's one. I, I, I'm picking it up because behind every great man. So Ariel, who's behind every great man for you? Uh, who's behind the great Ariel Fermin?
1: It would be the one and only uh, wifey. Our name's yeah, uh, yeah. She's been very supportive, uh, so I appreciate her.
0: Giving that leeway, parang ngayon pagkatapos pag- to pogi talaga. And Pauline, again, comments <laughs> over here. Pauline Lazaro Fermín, Hi, Dad, Rocio. I'm so glad to see that uh, Rocio is also listening very intently to what you're saying here tonight. Uh, thanks so much, Rocio, for listening and to Pauline for joining us here as well. And for helping me connect with Ariel tonight to, to get this really great interview. One more thing now. Ariel, you've gone through so many different I guess, companies in the past, you've seen so many opportunities. You chose to go in, into food manufacturing and, and food as a, a per se, no? but you've done telecom, you've done soap, bar soaps and everything else. Now, for example, you weren't doing that here right now and you had the time, the resources uh, to do something else. What would you be doing if you weren't doing what you are doing right now?
1: Oh, wow. You know, perhaps not a lot of people know this. You know, I'd love to teach. But I guess no school will accept me because I'm quite different. (laughs) I'd love to teach and just do my share in making the next generations better. And I tell my kids this, right? So I ask them, you know, what are you being taught about? Right? And then I kind of say something and I go, it's quite, because it could be better. At least that's my view. It could be better. And kids should be aware of what's happening in, in, in society, in the community, in humanity, so that they can kind of gear the curriculum, if that's even the right word, because obviously I'm not in academe, in a way that makes them productive citizens. And you don't have to be like a politician, right? You could be a business person, you could be a priest, you could be whatever it is that you want in your life and be a productive person. Yeah, so, yeah, if, yeah, perhaps teaching would be good, but yeah, that would be cool for me. My dad was a professor, so perhaps I got this from him. My tatay wow. was a
0: professor. Yeah. Oh, nice to hear. And I have over here from Tilly Samson Pineda. Nice to know that Ariel is prayerful. And because of that one, he is blessed. And uh, well, oh, very blessed right now to hear from Ariel here right now. Ariel, I wish we had more time. I didn't realize that one hour passed so quickly. But you know the one thing about talking to people like you're just like we we were able to compress our stories to tell to make quento so much. That's why we we covered so much material over here. Guys, if you enjoyed our talk here with Ariel in this podcast, please show some love. Let's put something in the comment box, please. Thank him so much for the great insights that he shared with us here right now. And of course, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast here right now, please subscribe to the RJ the Desmo podcast. Again, thanks so much for joining us over here. I'll see you again next week. Part of the Arjuna Despo podcast. Ariel, thanks for joining us again. Have a great evening ahead. Thank you. See you next week.
1: The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network.